Welcome to the Touchdown City Podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis, and this is Make Sure. You are subscribed on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Make sure you are subscribed, and also stop by, give us a review. We'd like to hear from you. On tonight's episode of the Touchdown City Podcast, former Mountaineer Corey McIntyre is coming on, and he's got a great story. He's going to tell us how he managed to maintain and um, and have a, a nine nine or ten year NFL career. Also, next week's episode, Mr. Quincy Wilson will be our guest. So make sure you again make sure you are subscribed to the Touchdown City podcast. Also, if you'd like to if you'd like to support the show, swing by touchdowncity.com. We've got some five dollar t shirts and some ten dollar t shirts, keychain stickers. So make sure you swing by touchdowncity.com for that. Also want to pass along some news and notes before we get into the interview with Corey McIntyre. On July the 15th, the Brian Josiah Golf Tournament that supports the Haas Foundation and WVU Medicine will be going on in Morgantown. So make sure you find Joe's Nose Kids on Facebook. And also you can just simply Google it. And I'm sure you'll be able to find all the information you need Again, that's July the 15th in Morgantown, the Brian Josiak, the annual Brian Josiak Golf Tournament, and that will support the Haas Foundation and WVU Medicine. All right, let's get into our text to win trivia question this week, 681-231-2632. Again, the phone number, 681-231-2632. And this week's question is Darius Stills was named a consensus All-American this season. So the question is, true or false, his father Gary Stills was also a consensus All-American. Again, that phone number is 681-231-2632, 681-231-2632. And the question again, Darius Stills was named consensus All-American this season at West Virginia University. So true or false, his father Gary Stills was also a consensus All-American. All right. Again, thank you guys for checking out episode 15. We'll take a quick break. But on the other side of the break, Mr. Corey McIntyre, former Buffalo Bill and West Virginia Mountaineer, will be joining us. Do you know that cracked and sunken concrete doesn't have to be replaced? Alford Home Solutions can lift, level, and repair your concrete in just hours and save you time, money, and restore value to your home. Visit AlfordHomeSolutions.com and schedule a free estimate Hey, Mountaineer fans. Hey, this is Brian Joswiak, former offensive tackle for the WVU Mountaineers. You're listening to the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Podcast. And again, I appreciate you checking out the show this week. It's good to be back early in the summer. And I've got a special guest for you on the phone, Mr. Corey McIntyre, former Mountaineer, joining us. Are you in Florida, Corey? Yes, I am. Joining us from the Sunshine State. Of Florida. First and foremost, you've been out of the NFL since 2012. Catch Mountaineer Nation up. What's been going on with you? And then we're going to go back and go back up to 2012. But tell tell us what you've been up to. Tell us about the family. How have things been going? Uh, things been going well. The family is doing well. I've uh, been doing farming since I since I stopped playing. Um. Didn't know what I was going to do. So I was doing farming and I'm coaching youth football since I, since I retired. And 
just watching these kids grow. Um, I have a daughter who's in her second. She's a sophomore at University of Ohio. I have a daughter um, who's in Gainesville. I have a son who's up and coming, who's about to make his dream come true. Mm. Um, so I have another another daughter who's in California. My and my son about to start uh, high school. So family's growing, and we're doing good, man. Well, I have to ask. You say you've been farming. Tell me about this farming thing. Uh, growing sugar cane is a big thing. I know you've heard of the muck. So mm-hmm. the muck is known for sugar cane, and I'm not too far. I'm like 30 minutes away from, you know, Bell Glade, Pahokee. Okay. So I got into it. I was at a low point, and I didn't know what the what the hell I was going to do mm-hmm. on my footing after finished playing and uh, met a guy that I know and introduced me to it. And I knew, a, I knew a little bit from school. And so six years later, here I am. That's, inter- That's interesting. Interesting. So, so you're, you're originally from Stewart, Florida. You're living there now. Well, I'm in Stewart, Florida. I'm originally from a town right over called Indian Town, Florida. Okay. Small town. So me and Charles Emanuel grew up in the same same town. We're from the same town, another mountaineer. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I'm living in Stewart, Florida right now, me and the family. Talk, talk us through your journey from getting from the state of Florida you know, out of high school to Morgantown. How did that play out for you? And and you said you, you grew up in the same town with Charles Emanuel, so you, there's a connection there. But just talk about your journey out of high school to Morgantown, West Virginia. Well, going my senior year, going, you know, highly being highly recruited, my head coach the whole time at in high school was a former coach at WVU. Okay. He was on that. Uh, I think it was the Fiesta Bowl uh, team, like in the '80s, if I'm not. Yeah, 1988 season, 1989 he, Fiesta Bowl. Yes, yes, he was a he was a coach. He was a he was on that staff, and you know it was getting close down to you know signing day. Grades wasn't that good, and a lot of teams pulled out except for WVU. And having my coach, who who's been the Morgantown and having Charles that that's who helped me a lot to make my decision to go to WVU. When, when you're talking about teams pulling out, who, who was in the mix at that point in time? Uh, who, who was recruiting you? Uh, Florida, Florida state, uh, Miami, Ohio state, uh, Pitt, um, Tennessee, uh, I think that was that was the big, right? That was the major ones right there. So you had and options. I, yeah, I had options. I yeah. was dead set going to Miami. I mean, I grew up, grew up a Hurricanes fan, and I was dead set. That's all I wanted to do was just go to Miami when I was in college. I mean, in high school, but mm-hmm. didn't work out that way, and I still made a damn good decision by choosing to go to um the Motown. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that make that trip. From from Florida to Morgantown, who yeah. who record who was your recruiter? Uh, Doc, the great Doc Holiday. 
docked. Well, I, I, I probably <laughs> should have known, should have known the yeah. answer to that. But you know, Doc's, uh, you know, he just finished up at Marshall, had a hell of a run at Marshall as a head coach. Yeah, he did. He did. He did a great job at Marshall. But Doc, man, he was the man down here. He can go into the worst neighborhood in the, you know, the seas are just part because they know him, and he was. He was known down in the rough part of Florida, the soft, not so rough parts. Doc was he was well known, and that's who got me up to Morgantown. Well, I mean, not everybody can just walk into any neighborhood. What was it about Doc that kind of gave him the ability to to kind of come and go? People knew him, people liked him, and he was able to get kids from Florida that maybe wanted to go to Miami or maybe wanted to go to Florida State and convince them to make the trip all the way to West Virginia. Um, uh, what was it about him that, that kind of had gave him that ace in the hole? Uh, he had, he was just well-respected. Um, parents trusted him. Um, he stood by his word. If he, you know, trying to protect uh, a kid leaving Florida, going up to West Virginia to a different state, he was well-related. And he just made you feel like he was there for you and for your best interest. And he was going to make sure that he was going to take care of you and, and help you achieve, you know, get your your degree. Or if you choose to go further, he was going to be there to help you and guide you on the way. And he did that. Mm-hmm. And he was always there. He was always there to talk to. If there's anything going on, you can go to Doc anytime, and he was there to talk to. And I and I guess a lot of kids um, like that and and believed in in Coach Holiday, and that's what he did. He stood by his word. I don't have a bad word to say about him because he was always there when I did when I needed someone to talk to. He was there always. In this day and age, um, I wish there were more coaches like that. It seems like in the college game, the kid, the, the coaches kind of come and go and they, and they're telling these kids, a lot of these kids, the wrong stuff when they're 15, 16, 17. Um, I've heard some horror stories and it's good to hear that doc holiday was doing the right thing by these kids. Yeah, I believe it, man. The game has changed, you know, so much, you know, you have a coach who come recruit you on a Monday and then on a Wednesday, he's going to another school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the game has definitely changed. I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. You know, I'm going to be in – I will be a part of it soon now that my son now is a, so going into a bit – going in to be a junior now in high school, and he's getting recruited by some schools. So, you know, I'll just be there for him to help him and navigate his way like – so he doesn't, we don't have a horror story. Right. And so, you know, weed out the right person to guide him and then to direct him on this path. You know, what's crazy. I know I'm getting old whenever I see and hear you say you've got a son who's about to go through the recruiting process. Um, I've watched um, John Thornton's son, Jalen. He's at, he's at West Virginia. Of course, we've watched Gary Stills' boys go through mm-hmm. West Virginia. Rocco Becht. You know, he's he's going through the process. He's committed to Iowa State. So I know I, I'm getting to be an old guy now when I see <laughs> former, you know, guys that were playing when I worked there and now their kids are going through the process. Um, it's amazing. It's a blessing. and uh, But it just tells me that I'm an old guy. 
Uh, we're both getting old, man. I can't believe I've been retired for almost 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of, you, you, West Virginia fans probably remember you as a linebacker. Um, and you play, but you managed to move to the other side of the ball and, and even play some special teams. And you managed to go from an undrafted free agent to a 10 year career in the NFL. Can you just talk about that process a little bit? I know you played on a few different teams. Um, you had to claw and scratch to make rosters, but you did it, man. And, and it's a story. There's a story there. You know, not a lot of guys, I was just telling the story yesterday, not a lot of guys make it, make a paycheck playing a game. Um, you know, because I was preaching, I was talking to a young man, I was telling him, you know, get that degree, because not a lot of guys make that, never make a paycheck playing, playing the game they love. So make sure you get that degree. But you were able to do it for 10 years. Walk us through it. Tell us how that all went down for you. Um, It was a, it was a hard journey. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a journey but i would do that journey over in a heartbeat and coming out as a you know um a free agent going to philly and my eyes just being blown to just been thrown into this business this big machine and have to navigate it all by myself because you're not drafted you know you're at the bottom of the barrel you're scrapping you're doing everything but the person I am, uh, that that doesn't stop me. You know, I just, I'm going to do scratch, claw, whatever I have to do to make my to achieve my dream. And I did. You know, I went through some hard, hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, my first coming out of college, I'll, for a year and a half, I didn't, I wasn't playing football, and that was very hard. You know, because I've been playing for so long, mm-hmm. and then you go through all the trying to make a team, you know, to the point that I went to um, arena football, tried out for two arena football uh, league team to make it. I played two years in NFL Europe, back-to-back summers, um, trying to make it. I was going to do any and everything to to achieve my dream, and no one was going to stop me. And, you know, there was some uh, some big hurdles. I call them mountains that I had to cut to um to get over but i didn't care I, either i was gonna run through it or run through it that i don't i didn't believe in climbing over i'm just gonna run i'm gonna run over something mm-hmm. uh, and that that's the mentality i had my 11 years playing in the nfl you know i had to do whatever it, it, it took you know being on scout teams being on just whatever i was gonna do whatever i could to achieve my dream and I did and it was hard but I don't have no complaints about it it's interesting hearing you say that because you know in today's day and age you got a lot of kids that'll nah nah I want to be a quarterback or I want to this is what I do not this is what I'll do to be there this is what I do and you see a lot of those guys kind of fall by the wayside and I know uh, you made can you just talk a little bit about the process and like finding your niche on the right teams, I know you were in, like you said, I believe, I believe you played for the, was it Gal- the Galaxy in NFL? Yes. Yeah. So you were yes. with them, and then you were with Philly, and then you were, you know, bouncing around, but then you kind of, you were able to latch, was it New Orleans you were able to kind of latch on and, and get your shot there? Yeah, well, in Cleveland I got my shot. So okay, okay. 
when I made the big switch, when I went back to fullback, mind you, I was a fullback in West Virginia my freshman year. I was there. And then uh, the following season, uh, Coach uh, Coach Nealon's last season, I moved back to linebacker. I was recruited, recruited as a linebacker. But uh, my first year, I played fullback, which was nothing to me. I played fullback and running back through high school. So that change wasn't – that wasn't nothing to me. I get to hit people. So mm-hmm. it is, it's the same right. to me. And when I got undrafted, I went to a training camp to Philly. Then, of course, didn't make a team. And that summer, went to Europe, and I found my niche, and I found how I learned how to play the game. To learn the game, not play the game, but learn the game. Everything was slowed down. Everything was taught differently. Everything was taught at a slower pace. So once I got back that following season to try out again for the um, the Eagles, I picked it up faster. I picked it up. I got things faster, and obviously it didn't work out again. And then I went back to Europe again, did it all over, you know, sent back down, got to go climb my way out. And then once I got to Cleveland, I found my niche. And my niche was always special teams and hard work and knocking the hell out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And I got there, and my first year there in Cleveland, I made the practice squad and all that. That whole season just taught me how to be a better player, how to you know, be in the, the classroom, to learn, study, film. And that summer when I went home after that season um, – after I made practice squad, when I went home, man, everything changed. That that's when my career changed. I just knew how to prepare. I knew how to train. I knew how to take care of my body. Even though I'm a thick, thick guy, I still had problems like with my weight. I always had, but it, it I was ready to go. And that following, and that following season, uh, training camp in Cleveland, I was blessed that I worked my ass off and I made it to. I got me a spot, man, and. I can't tell you the feeling, just making a roster in the NFL. But one thing a lot of guys do, they get comfortable when they when they make a roster spot. When you're not a high drafted person, you get comfortable, and that's when you can lose your job mm-hmm. real quick. And my uncle always told me, never, 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 never get comfortable. Even my agent, and I did my best to. I, I kept and held on to that, you know. And then I went to New Orleans and made some things happen. And, you know, it didn't pan out like I wanted to. I got traded during midseason to Atlanta. And after Atlanta, I just, you know, I became a special teams captain, you know, became a big role player on that team. And the following year, then make a team and then went to Buffalo and my career really took off. Mm-hmm. And I, I call myself a late bloomer. You know, I didn't really, my shot didn't start. I didn't start doing things until I was like into my, until I'm 26, 27, 28. And most guys, you know, they bloom faster than that. You know, I, I started later, but uh, I was, I was just, I was determined not to, determined not to um, give up. And I became a two-time captain in Buffalo and that, that place was the best place I ever played in in the NFL. And that's when my career took off in Buffalo. Do you think in today's game, or let me, let me back up. Do you think maybe if you were drafted 
and had made a roster as a rookie and didn't have to go through the early trials, you may have got comfortable and maybe not have made that run that you were able to make. Exactly, because I needed to go through that. But, you know, that was just the path that was carved out for me. And because a lot of guys that got drafted with me, that same class as me, didn't last more than four or five years, Mm -hmm. if that. And I'm talking about first-rounders. And I was on Philly, and three of their guys, the first-rounder, two second-rounders who I was very cool with, they didn't make it past four years. Right. So, you know, when you get drafted, which is nothing wrong with drafted. Lord knows I wish I would have got drafted. But some people, you get catered. You know, everything's given to you. You know, you feel like you don't have to earn it. You don't have to go out there and work because, hey, I'm a big-time draft pick. So right. what? And a lot of guys who do get drafted early fall tail off so fast. And, you know, you just got to stay hungry. And that's what – I stay hungry, man. You know, I wasn't I wasn't hungry. I didn't need a snack. Like, I was starving. Mm-hmm. You're starving. You're going to do whatever you have to do to get something to eat. And that's what I did. Yeah, it's a – the hell of a path. Tell, well, tell us about Buffalo, man. That place is wild. They're wild up there, man. man. That place is wild. That place is great. It was just like playing, no joke, playing in Morgantown. It's a college feel because the everybody in the stadium is down on you. It's a small city. You go over. You go everywhere. Everybody knows notice you. You know, has the best wings in the world. The best, some of the best pizza in the world. You know, I've sat in in the mall for like an hour and a half trying to get out with a trying to get out because I can't get out because I'm signing autographs and mm-hmm. stuff. It the place was awesome and it was my first and while I love it so much, it was the first time that I got a real contract. Like I signed a a big contract when I got to Buffalo and this was I was like twenty nine thirty and that was my first real, real contract. Like a real signing bonus. Like that place gave me everything mm-hmm. it, you know, it lifted me up to place it helped me get to where i wanted to go and that place did everything for me those coaches everybody there made me feel like i was i was wanted and and that's all you wanted to do you know you want to feel like you wanted in this league right well so, let's let's go back a little bit you i don't know about how you was, feel excuse me it's a big family in buffalo it's a big family. Sorry, that's all I was trying to get the word. Yeah, to say. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know, um, actually, one of my one of my dear friends, his name is Ryan. He's a huge, huge Buffalo Bills fan, um, and and I've so I've always kind of paid attention. Of course, of course, Daryl Talley, who played at West Virginia, played um, on those great Buffalo teams. You know, with Jim Kelly and the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the whole deal there. So, but Buffalo always and now it just seems like it's. Uh, it's definitely gained that gained that national rec- reputation of being a, just a, a wild NFL town, and that's how I, I I think I have a lot of appreciation for that, just due to the fact that, uh, like you said, it's a lot like Morgantown. Morgantown has that reputation as well. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, when you look back at West Virginia, you know you played in the old Big East. Uh, for me personally, I've said it a million times on the show. I think it's a damn shame that there's no Eastern football conference anymore. 
um, all the Eastern teams, the West Virginias, the Syracuses, the Boston Colleges, um, you know, the Penn States, Rutgers, Maryland's, they're all separated, right? They're all playing in conferences they probably don't belong in. And, you know, so I, I miss the old Big East. I don't know how you feel about that. I do, too. I do, too. So you just said that. I didn't know that. And then I just thought about it. Like, yeah, like Rutgers, a lot of those teams do not deserve to be in the Big Ten. And I think it's the Big Ten. You know, we should bring back an Eastern Conference for, a team, for teams like something like I had when I was in school. You know, it was a it was a battle. Virginia Tech, Miami, Syracuse. You know, it was Boston College. It was a Pittsburgh. It was a battle when we were back in those days. Mm-hmm. And they should bring that back, man. Do you uh, – who were some standout guys you remember playing against? Like when you think back to playing in college and even guys – you know, may or may not have made it to the league, but who are guys you think back about? Damn, that guy! That guy was a beast, man. Man, just seeing Dwight Freeney, seeing Corey—I think his name was Corey Moore at um at Virginia Tech, the defensive end. Yep, Corey Moore. This guy, the motor he had. My first time seeing when we first played um, against Brian McKinney from Miami. I've never seen a man that large in my life. And I thought I've seen some big boys in West Virginia when I got there. But just seeing how this like a walking skyscraper and he never gave up a second in college and playing against the uh, Catsmore at Ohio State, seeing for a linebacker, mm-hmm. a linebacker, just that tall, that size and, and, and can move and playing against Donovan McNabb's and, I got to say, um, watching my boy Lee Suggs, because we were together in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He was there for a little bit. Just watching him. And, of course, that every year that Miami team we played against, you know, while I was in school, go on and on and on. And Antonio, uh, I want to say it's Brian, but uh, the wide receiver at um, Pittsburgh. Pitt- yeah. Just see him. Bloom. It we it was a lot of people came from that conference. A lot of people came from that conference, man. Do you uh do you still follow the Mountaineers? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. We were like two years ago was my first I hate to say it, but my first home game in a while since I left school. And I went back to a spring game while I was playing in the league. Mm-hmm. So you know, it it was some some sour grapes why I didn't go back. So it's over. I let it go. My girlfriend told me to get over it, let it go. So I, I got over it. You wanna you wanna get into that? Mm, I just yeah, I do because I felt like everybody in the NFL, their their colleges sent them like care packages. Mm-hmm. I had guys always receiving stuff, receiving stuff. I never got a t shirt. I never got a t shirt. I never got invited to come back to a, like a basketball game or a football game, and it made it made me. It really bothered me. It really bothered me. I went through like I came back in in the spring times to watch practice. Like I had to go through so much just to get down to the field. Like I just gave up. Was this with Coach Rodriguez? Uh, or after, like with the Holgerson this was, regime? This was right after Coach Rodriguez. Um, the Stewart. 
No, Coach Stu was good. Coach Stu was good. So this is the Holgerson regime. Yeah, this was the Holgerson. Yeah, regime. Uh, man. Like, so it, yeah, I know what ahead. you're saying. I know what you're saying there. I, I had there was a. An, let me put it to you. I I talked to a consensus all American. His he's got a big ass picture in that building, and they stopped him at the door one day when him and his son tried to. He he was passing through Morgantown and wanted to show his son the Hall of Traditions, and they stopped him at the door under the Holgerson regime. So, yeah, um, I, I hate to hear that. You know, I hate to hear that, and I hate that you had, that that you feel that way internally about the, the program. Um, I know a lot of guys feel that way. I've talked to a lot of guys like that. I don't yeah, think it's it was, like that anymore. The worst was when I'm playing in Buffalo, I think they came out when the coal miners jersey, right? Mm-hmm. The black coal miners jersey. I loved it. It was, it was awesome. It was a beautiful jersey, and I just wanted to get one with my name on it. You know, and also another one when they played Clemson down in the Orange Bowl. I'm from Florida. Hey, I see all the guys from the NFL at their college teams. You know, bowl games when they beat Clemson, mm-hmm. and wanted to go call. Them. Can I get some tickets? Yeah, if you donate such and such amount we can get you tickets i'm like what mm. i said but my teammate plays on clemson and all three of them are on the sidelines over there and i gotta donate and i got the same thing when i asked for that coal miners jersey like can i pay for it can i just get i want it you know i'm a former player can i get it no if you donate to us we can we'll think about think about getting you the jersey oh, man. so right then right then uh, I was like, whatever. But I can say Mr. Luck um, took me and my daughter, when he was there, took me and my daughter to a basketball game, and she really enjoyed that. I think the tune has changed there since Holgerson left. Um, and, and I don't want to get into beating him up. Uh, no. I, I, I never really – this is me personally. I didn't really care for his hire. I, and, and I know you can't always hire in a West Virginia guy. But you mm-hmm. got, but you got to have a guy in there that understands. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to talk to. Have you met or been able to talk to or meet or heard from Coach Brown? No, I haven't. He reminds me. Um, he has a lot of the same qualities as a Coach Nealon. So I, I think you'll hear from him. I think they're working on that. I know they're developing some stuff, and um, and and I hope you can get back to Morgantown sooner than later and really experience it um i was just talking with a friend of mine who's a, a, a former marshal grab and they had the same problems down there with um when uh when doc was there uh, they just felt like they didn't feel welcomed and i think all programs should welcome their their yeah their former thanks. players back um and i think they're going to do a better job of that so I'm, I'm hoping you get back um i would i would love you know my daughter's from morgantown so and now i like to take my Take my boys and my family, my girlfriend, kids, all of us go and, and just show them where I graduated from and watch right. a good game and just be on the sideline and just feel like, um, you know, I don't want no red carpet. I just want to just watch a game from the field one time. <laughs> right, right. I yeah. hear you. I feel you. I feel you. Um, so when you do think about Morgantown, your playing days, you know, I, you know, I can sit here and go through, you know, 98 99 you know all these different things but what are your favorite memories 
on and off the field from Morgantown, West Virginia? My favorite favorite memory is getting that bowl win for Coach Nillen his last year, the Music City Bowl, and getting that win for him on his way out. That was that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was awesome, and also getting the interception in that game. Um, Did, who threw that one to you? Was that Manning or um, no? It was the the first one who was in there. It was what was his name? Rome, I can't think. Romero. Romero. Yeah, he getting the interception for him, and then the other game was beating um, uh, Syracuse. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that that's an interesting win. Um, just leading up to it, I think. You know, I think I believe we had just lost to Miami. Yeah, the week yeah. before, had them right. You know, two back to backs. Yeah, so getting that one was, and especially after Syracuse had won ninety six and ninety seven, so getting them back with Donovan McNabb, uh, that was a, that was yeah. a big one at night. Yep, nighttime in Morgantown, man, you can't beat it. You can't beat it, especially when couches are burning. <laughs> And couches are burning, and it's great. But also crazy just playing in Blacksburg against Michael Vick. And mm-hmm. First good good first half, but slipped up in the second half. And I'm ne- to this day, I've never played in a more louder place ever in my life. I'm talking about that's including the pros. I've never Never ever heard a sound like that in my life. Yeah, Blacksburg but, is. Uh, and I've been to a lot of, lot of, <laughs> a lot of stadiums, and I've never heard anything that loud in my life. Yeah, ever. I, I was there three times, four times, three times. Um, yeah that 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 night was was rocking. It was loud two years later when they beat them down there. It was loud. Yeah. It was loud that night. Um, yeah, Blacksburg. Yeah, if I was going to say the loudest of all the all the road games, it would be it would be Blacksburg. Without a doubt, nighttime at Blacksburg. Oh, do you, yeah. you do you still college follow college football just in general? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What do you think of? Um, let me get your opinion on a few things. What do you think of this movement to pay college athletes right now? What's wrong? What's the problem? <laughs> I don't see no problem. Mm-hmm. We're doing we're doing all the work. Right. We're doing all the work. We're getting all the injuries. I've never seen a coach get injured at a game yet from coaching from the sidelines. Maybe he got tripped up or something. So you're what's the problem there? And I know people are going to say, well, you're getting paid for education. Yeah. Yeah, we are, but you got to work for that. You got to work for that. Mm-hmm. You don't work. You don't get your grades. You know what happens? You lose it. See ya. Mm-hmm. You know, a coach can get up and go whenever he wants. He can he can take a job whenever he wants. Yeah. And once he leaves, he's still getting paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, the best uh, contract I've ever seen was, uh, was uh, what's his name? Charlie... Uh... Used to coach Charlie, Charlie, yeah, from Notre Dame. He's still getting paid. Yeah, went to Kansas. Yeah, he's getting paid still. 
So, so you, you, so you're up for the payment. What do you think of the transfer rule? The new one, how they're letting them just, they can, they can come in and then they can take off no punishment. They can just bounce one time. I'm, uh, I'm 50, 50, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm 50, but if you want to leave one time, I'm fine with it because a coach can leave whenever he wants to, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you want to leave like one time, I I get it. I get it. Not everybody's going to pan out on a, at a school, you know, that's going to happen. It happened when I was in school. It's going to happen long down the road in the future. You know, one time that's the limit. You know, I'm back and forth on it. Um, my personal opinion, here's what I hate. I hate to see a guy that, for instance, maybe, maybe let's say he wasn't highly recruited out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all right, let's, let's take um, you, your team, one of your teammates, Anthony Becht. I think West Virginia was his only big offer. He comes in, grows, develops, and then all of a sudden – you know, let's say some big name school from the SEC that happens to be in the state of Alabama says, well, we need a tight end this year. Uh, and they get the word to an Anthony Beck type guy that didn't have a lot of offers then, you know, so I see it as, well, this is a great opportunity for Anthony Beck to be on a bigger stage. But then I see it as West Virginia rolled the dice and developed you. You owe it to them to stay. So I'm all, I'm back and forth on it. I'm definitely for the kid that gets recruited to a school that just doesn't have that shot and they need to go somewhere else and get that fit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place with it. I'm still, I'm still because West Virginia's benefited from it and they've also been hurt by it. So I'm all over the yeah, place. You can see where you're coming from. I never thought of it that way because, you know, if I'm on a team with an Anthony back and, you know, he, grew into this fantastic player like he did. And then when we're about to get good, when we're just blossoming and we're coming together and we're gelling, then you decide to like, hey, I'm going to go over here. Yeah. And that that would affect me. You know how you put it like that. You but, know, but, but I – I'm for the I'm, kids getting opportunity too, you know. I'm I'm for – Yeah, I am too. You know, I, am too. So I'm, I don't know. I'm back and forth on that all the time. I'm all the time. But I – also, I, I agree with the last part you said, like with a player who just, you know, got recruited by this school. He went there and he's just not getting the shot and you want to go somewhere, you know, to get a shot. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can't be mad at that. And, well, and I, that happens with some of the best rec- high recruited kids in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. We've you know, seen you know, they pick a Iowa State and hell it's five more of them in front of them and I and maybe they don't want to work and earn that spot and I, and they want to go somewhere where they can try. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the place with it. But um yeah. you know, it's interesting. College football's changed so much. It's you know, the roster's constantly changing. Um it hurts teams, it benefits teams. But you you know, you brought up a great point about these coaches can just peel out. And um and I, I don't think that's right. I and I really hate when a coach is there doing something real dirty and the school gets in trouble but the coach can land somewhere else and just coach. Yeah. Now that's now like you said, that's and that's and it happens so much. 
and then the kids get stuck with that. Now they can't. Yeah. Bowl bands. You know, can't play in a game, get taken scholarships away. Like, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree. College football is interesting, man. Well, listen, Corey, I'm going to cut you loose. I sincerely appreciate you telling your story, sharing, sharing your story with us. And, and, and I'm sure the West Virginia fans that listen to the show will, uh, enjoy what you've had to say and um and i hope they remember me <laughs> well i didn't i didn't get that much notoriety when i was in wvu hopefully, hopefully they remember me. so it's interesting <laughs> right so i think um when people hear this the, first of all i think west virginia fans remember you um i talked to a lot of you know a lot of my friends are season ticket holders i think they're going to remember you and then when they see even if they don't you know, because you you know when you think, you know, you always know the Pat Whites and you know the Major Harris's and the Mark Bulgers, but a lot of times people see those names and go, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Um, sometimes the, these shows have more. I get more response from a show like this than I do when I have um, you know player X on the on the show. You know, because they've heard so many times from them. So that's why I was really really itching to get you on the show and. And tell the story. So I appreciate you coming on, and um, and we got to get you back to Morgantown. I'm actually gonna hey, make, I'm gonna make a couple of texts. I'm gonna send a couple of texts, man. You got to get back up up to Morgantown. The place has grown so much. Um, you know, quick inside baseball. My nephew, who is David Upchurch's son. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Um... So on Facebook, he's going there. Yeah, he's headed to West Virginia. He's not an athlete. He's a smart kid. Um, he's you know he's a he's a super smart kid. He's going to be a, he wants to be an engineer. Received like three different scholarships. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm proud of him. But like again, you, you start talking about it's you know it's great to hear you know your your kids are in school. It's great to see all these guys and their kids are all of a sudden popping up in schools. And again, I feel old. I'm going to feel real old. He was born in Morgantown <clears throat> when I was up there. And uh, so I'm going to feel real old when I go to his graduation here next week. But, uh, but again, it's, it was great to hear from you. I hope you get back to Morgantown. I hope I'm in town when you're there. I'd love to see you and catch up with you. I'd like to get that with you too, man. And I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Not a Thank problem. Thanks for sharing your story. And, um, and I'll be in touch real soon, man. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Corey McIntyre there, uh, former Mountaineer. And uh, what a great story there. I believe that I just think that's a great story hearing from him. Um, had to fight, claw, and uh, make his way into the NFL. And, um, you know, he was, you know, he said he was highly recruited. He had the Tennessees and the Ohio States and the Floridas and the Miamis recruiting him. And, uh, you know, the road led him to Morgantown. So uh, that just that does it for us this week on the Touchdown City Podcast. I'm going to do some more summer shows like this. I think it's great to hear those stories and catch up with these guys. And uh, I appreciate you guys downloading the uh, Touchdown City Podcast. I also want to remember, well, remind you guys, swing by, find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us there. And also, swing by and get your $5 t-shirt at touchdowncity.com. That does it for me this week. I'm Anthony Lewis, and I'll see you here in a few weeks on the Touchdown City Podcast.